Welcome to the Design Thinking Roundtable. I'm Anne-Laure Fayard, an ethnographer studying social innovation. In this series, Social Innovators in Residence, I converse with passionate and inspiring social innovators who are visiting us at the Social Innova Hub at Nova SB. It's my pleasure to host today Lisbeth Shepard, our inaugural Social Innovator in Residence. Lisbeth is currently entrepreneur in residence at MIT's Design X and visiting lecturer at MIT School of Architecture and Planning. Her work focuses on how climate cores in cities can promote environmental and economic justice. It all started in 1993 when she went to France and co-founded Unicité, a non-for-profit who has become the leading national youth service program in France. In 2009, Back in the US, Lisbeth co-founded Green City Force, an organization that works with young adults from frontline communities who are the most affected by climate change and unemployment. Lisbeth, thank you for agreeing to chat with me today. So I have so many questions I want to ask you, but maybe we could start with something that seems to me the underlying theme of your work for the last 30 years, uh, which is really um, this idea of um, civic service and, you know, as an idea, but also how does it look like in practice through, you know, all the different projects you've been working on? Thank you so much for having me, Anne-La. It's so fun to be here and to be able to dialogue with you today. So uh, when I was about 21, I came across, for the first time, I came across this idea of people taking a year to do service for solidarity. Uh, and it just was like a thunderbolt because I had done a lot of volunteering and uh, in, in high school, in college, and I had found that it was an incredible way to meet other people and not just meet them, but actually work together with other young people of different backgrounds and really come across different racial and class lines to, to do something together to try to change society. And I say this because what really was so um, compelling to me and still is about this idea of taking a whole period of your life out to devote yourself just to this was what, what potential there is if every young person in societies, in fact, every society, were to be able to have this opportunity as part of a normal trajectory in their lives. So really the idea of a year of civic service or a period of civic service, it can be six months, it can be 10 months, but really, you know, the idea of taking a dedicated time out is this notion that you are, um, you know, giving of yourself to try to be generous and go towards other people and um, help to construct, you know, uh, new, new, a new society, but you're also learning. So it's really the notion of a, a kind of a gap year, but where you stay in your own uh, community or in your own country and, um, and you're with other young people and you are, uh, you know, doing community service-like activities, but in a very structured way where you're training and learning, but also outdoing actual service in, in the community. Great. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting as everybody is talking about, you know, um, experiential learning, how you, here you are able to put like this idea of a, an experience that is, you know, not only giving as you do in volunteering, but really thinking about it as like learning at the same time. So I think it's, it's this kind of a 
transformation, you know, both of society, but of yourself, but is is super interesting. So, you know, you've done like a lot of, um, of projects that really kind of embody this idea of, of a civic service. And in fact, you kind of, you know, sparked the starting of a, the leading national youth service program in, in France, uh, Unicité. So can you tell us a little bit more about Unicité? Sure. So, so you're right, this, this, um, this notion that you're, you're learning while you're doing um, through your service is very important because what we did with Unicité was uh, look at this model of City Year, which is a nonprofit in Boston, that in 1993 had put out this big vision for a program in America, in America called AmeriCorps, uh, but they were starting with 24 young people, uh, you know, on the ground to demonstrate what this could look like. So th what we did with Unicite was really replicate this idea of having a laboratory for a bigger policy idea, but completely boots on the ground, you know, um, creating this with young people. And we were ourselves 21, 22, my co-founders, Marie Trelucan and Anne-Claire Pache, and at the time, Julie Chénault, you know, we were the age of young people we were trying to enlist, you know, and we were actually literally going out in the subway, um, in the metro in, in Paris and recruiting people, you know, by just going up and talking to them. Thankfully, we also had other channels we were working through, but, you know, we actually were literally like, uh, you know, talking to people <laughs> our age and trying to get them involved. And so this model of City Year, which was saying, um, you know, in the American context, you know, how could we imagine there being a 13th grade after high school or a period of time if you've dropped out of school uh, that you can get back on track or if you've gone to college, um, gone to college and, uh, and want to, to um, figure out why, what your purpose is in life, you know. Uh, all of this notion at City Year that, that was very, very compelling to us was of saying that young people of very different backgrounds could find common purpose and common cause and work in teams. So at Unicité, what, um, what we designed was, was something similar to City Year, but then adapted to the French context. And so in the French context, really we, we um, developed this vision of saying, well, you know, what if in France, every single young person were able to have access to a period of time, no matter if you were in France, you know, you say back plus quatre or back moins quatre. So really this idea of a diversity of young people, which is very rare, you know, very rare for there to be a, a, a place for, for young people to come together and to be paid to have a stipend, to have financial support, during um, a period of six or nine months um, at this important time of life when you're figuring out who am I and what do I want to do? But also, you know, how can I be part of creating a, a more pluralistic, a more fair society? How can I be actually out doing things to, to make that happen? So Unicité um, started, you know, just like we took the same model as City Year. We started with 24 young people. We recruited them, and uh, we developed projects that would be projects that um, we wanted to provide support to different kinds of 
nonprofit entities, um, you know, city programs, and in a in a range of different areas. So um, going in and working with older people who are lonely because they don't have people visiting them, but also have a lot to offer young people to be able to talk about their lives and, you know, their experiences. So really creating that kind of um, you know, breaking the the isolation of older people, but also putting young people in, in contact with them, having a reason to step in the door of a, a home for the elderly, for example, um, environmental projects, going out and and you know improving the environment very tangibly, um, creating gardens and and other activities. Um, Unicite now does a lot around in the environment around. Um, educating people in their homes about ways that they can reduce their energy consumption and water consumption. Um, and so it goes on and on, you know, that at this point, uh, Unicite is, it's many, many years later, it's 25, 30 years, I've lost lost count. Uh, and the organization has grown. It's grown both in terms of actual Unicite core members. They're, um, they're all over the country in a hundred different sites. I think there are 11,000 uh, volontaires, they're called now. Um, but that growth was possible because over time it went from being an initiative and a scrappy, you know, nonprofit with, uh, with co-founders, the, the age of the young people. We have aged as well, the organization grew. But uh, it also became a movement and it became, a, you know, a real coalition with other organizations joining in uh, to to inform this vision and and make it you know what what it became, which is a public policy that is called the service civique and is now very much you know a, has become an institution in France, which is very exciting. But you know it really started with those boots on the ground and then iterating and developing this idea and then of course, needing um, to inscribe it in policy. And that is completely, I had nothing to do with that. I left after 10 years. So it's all honored to my my co-founders and to the leadership of Marie uh, Treducan in, in particular. Um, but, you know, so many other people and partners and the business sector also who uh, who really stepped up also to, to back this idea financially and also to say, you know, we actually really value this notion of a period of, of um, civic service in young people's lives on a resume. We want to be able to open our doors and welcome people in who are doing a service civic to also be able to show, you know, this is something, this spirit of entrepreneurial, you know, entrepreneur, this entrepreneurial spirit, spirit is something that is valued, you know, in terms of the actual skills that it represents. Someone who is willing to do this sort of experience has a quality, you know, that is something that's really um, important in all kind of different sectors of work. I, I really like also the, the kind of the iteration part. You know, I, I'm always about the, the design process and and I'll, I'll get back to that. But um, so it's interesting because you, you take that same kind of idea and then, you know, well, took the idea from Boston, brought it to France, but then went back to the US and to New York in particular, and kind of again reinvented that idea in a specific context and with a, a clear focus around environmental justice uh, with Green City Force. So can, can you like um, share with, with us uh, sure. that beautiful initiative? Sure. Uh, so after Inicite, you know, with Inicite, we were going from, as I mentioned, you know, from kind of a, a small group of people and then building up to, to a bigger public policy. 
coming back to the United States, the policy of AmeriCorps was in place and and existed, um, and this was now you know fifteen years later um, since it had started. And uh, I found myself on the West Coast, and I reconnected with somebody I'd met through a fellowship, which was the way I got my start with with Unicité um, was was through a fellowship that backed me to be able to have the the means to go do this work. Uh, in France for a few years at the time. So I reconnected with uh, someone named Van Jones, who at that time was talking to people around the country who were um, all specialists in this area of the emerging green economy. And it was Van who really invited me into this movement and said, what if you took your experience building a national service you know, program and movement and plugged it into this conversation that we're having around green jobs and how we can create a means for young people who have no prior background working in the environment and no, no real uh, specific way to break into these sectors and many of whom are actually um, coming out of, of prison or out of situations where they also really need a way, a sort of a supportive environment and structured way to reconnect you know, to society. So what if we could imagine plugging a service component into a bigger vision for uh, what at that time this group was, was imagining around a revival of a big American program from the, the Great Depression, which was called the Civilian Conservation Corps back then. So really the idea of a big, you know, uh, transformative program that would be a major effort and have different components of which one could be this uh, starting place for young people, which could be a, a dedicated service component. So I ended up spending a number of years working around policy, designing you know, really, how could you look at the, the best programs around the country and that already ex existed, you know, nonprofits doing this work, and learn from their experiences, and then, you know, help to inform a bigger program idea, uh, which became a proposal for a, a National Clean Energy Corps. Um, I then, when we were successful with parts of that, I then moved to New York and, uh, and decided that actually my greatest contribution could be to design a, a once again, a boots on the ground kind of laboratory for how this idea of a, of a clean energy core, which importantly would build on AmeriCorps, build on this public policy that was in place, but really, you know, really adapt it and design it to be very intentional around recruiting young people uh, with who are out of school, out of work, and specifically black and brown young people living in neighborhoods that are the ones most affected by environmental injustices, by the effects of climate change in cities. And so that was really the focus of Green City Force, was looking at this bigger picture of AmeriCorps, you know, that had developed over a number of years, but was not specifically doing something affirmative around this area and saying, well, how can we take this, these, these ideas and put them into action. Uh, and that's why we started Green City Force. It's really interesting, this movement between the, the idea and the, the kind of a grassroots and the kind of a ongoing, you know, the idea informs the practice and then the practice informs the, the, the idea. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, briefly, you know, you starting at, at 21. And um, I'm curious, like, what was kind of the, the trigger? What, 
you know, that led you to, to get started? Because I think that, you know, we hear today a lot of young people who wants to make change, but sometimes it's like, you know, how do I go and get started? How do I, you know, jump into the water and, and, and start swimming? Absolutely. Well, by the time I had reached my last year in college, uh, so I, I grew up in the area around New Haven, which is also where I went to college. I went to college at Yale, and I went through the public school system in Hamden, Connecticut, which is right next right next to New Haven. And uh, and by that time, I had already been doing different kinds of social activism and volunteering. Um, at that time, it was very much around the issues were around AIDS and people who were living with AIDS. So that's that's where I first got my start. A friend who was a little bit older, uh, was organizing a cabaret to support people um, in something called the AIDS Project New Haven. And I, through that, I started driving around and, and delivering meals to people who were um, not sick enough to be in the hospital, but too sick to be able to actually get out and prepare their own food. And it was such a revelation for me. I mean, coming from uh, a background where um, I just I ha would have no reason to be exposed uh, to people living across my own town, but uh, in public housing across the town of um, of Hamden and and of New Haven, and it was a real revelation. And so that that foundational experience led to other experiences. So I had already developed, you know, been in programs, developed budgets, raised money at a much, much smaller scale than, of course, what I ended up going on to do. But all of the kind of elements were there and learning to work with other people to adapt and, um, you know, build build teams and, um, and, and figure things out together. This was very compelling. So by the time I was a, a senior, um, I had started out thinking I would be an actress going to college, thinking I would be an actress. I was a French literature major on the one hand, but then spending all my time in the city of New York. And uh, and by the time I was 21, um, I was very sure that I was not going to be an actress, but also an important thing had happened over all these experiences. Um, I'd come to develop a, you know, a real focus and a real uh, determination to, to try to be part of, of change, uh, both, both in my city, as I'd been doing, but then also I was very drawn to this idea of of working also in France for a period of time. I didn't think that I was going to go live in France for a very long time, which I went on to do. But I did have this idea that I was, I, you know, I was sort of skimming the surface in the times I'd been going to France and doing studies and working during the summer. But, but that there was there was a real something there to connect to other young people around the sort of experiences that I was having. My kind of moment of obligation happened though uh, when Rodney King was was beaten. Um, on and and these images were were broadcast on on television around America, and these were things that I was aware of uh, through my public school experience and um, in high school. But as a as a young white woman, just the shock of being the age I was at the time in college, and you know, really uh, connecting to the fact that I didn't actually want to uh, move on from that moment without committing myself to change, to being part of the change. And importantly, you know, as a white person saying, this is my problem, racial justice in America and in the world, 
this is my problem. I need to be part of that change. And so I did have this by the, you know, by the time I came around to actually asking for money to go do projects, I had gone through these different processes, these different experiences, but also really a process of trying to figure out what is it I want to do with whatever skills or energy or, you know, connections that, that I'm having and developing. Um, and that became my orientation. So the spark, though, was truly because in 1993, a foundation, an American foundation called Echoing Green, which is based in America, but funds, funds globally, was just getting off the ground. And they were looking for people, they, you know, they were calling social entrepreneurs, and I had absolutely no idea what that was. I didn't really have entrepreneurs in, in my family. There's just one out of a very big family. Um, so I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur, though I'd been doing things I now recognize as entrepreneurial for, for many years. And, uh, and in fact, my mother would say that my first venture was a club I started when I was eight in my <laughs> attic, which is an environmental club. So maybe it wasn't just high school, it was a little bit earlier. However, um, you know, this spark was uh, somebody getting me to apply to this this fellowship and then um, saying, go ahead and dream, just say what you want to do. And I said, okay, I'd like to go to France for a year and find some other young French people and do something like the work that we've been doing in New Haven, Haven around mentoring and tutoring. I got this fellowship for $15,000 and the idea was you have one year and you know you have to try to make your idea happen. Uh, and also you need to attract other resources. You need to attract other people and other resources uh, to, this, to this cause. Once I actually got to France because this was, believe it or not, before the internet really was, you know, existed, and I was still writing, you know, typing letters and, and sending them um, back and forth. So when I actually got to France and, uh, you know, realized much more about the context in France and what was happening, there was this, this, uh, this realization I had because I had just, through Echoing Green, gone and actually visited City Year and had this, uh, you know, thunderbolt of, of learning about this idea of a year of service, which was just happening uh, in, in America. Going to France, I thought, well, if I really only have, at that point, I had nine months left, then what I really want to do is, like, find some young people who share this, this passion for this idea, get them going, and then I can go back to America and figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And that's, that's how it got started. It was this fellowship of really giving the, the financial means, but also creating a community, creating a community of people who were all doing different kinds of projects, but had a similar momentum and desire to go out and, and do things in a, in a purposeful way with others. Uh, and that's, that's where it all began. I feel like also there's, there's this sense of uh, accountability that the mm. fellowship gave you, both through the community, but this idea, you know, you said like I had like a year and I had to do something with it. Right. So I, I think it's it's interesting to have this kind of a, you know, a lot of flexibility, go and dream, but also some kind of a structure that, Absolutely. you know, uh, gives you a sense of responsibility uh, in what you're doing. Uh, but what I, I, I kind of... Um, I've heard you talking about Unicity and, and, and also about Green City Forces um, and he, this, this idea that you've been working with people and, um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, um, research and that's part of my own research uh, around cross-sector collaboration. You know, there's a lot of 
talk out, out there about this importance of cross-sector collaboration, but when you start talking to people, it's, it's hard to do. Like, right. you know, getting the public, the private sector to work together, you know, non-for-profit foundation and, 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 and companies. So what is, um, for you, the, the kind of one key thing that, you know, allowed you to create, uh, you know, you talked about coalition or, or collaboration. So what, what is the, you know, not the magic thing, but like one important thing that, you know, skill that you developed over time that um, allows you to, to build these relationships? these connections? Well, thank you for that question, because I, th I think fundamentally what what is true with both Unicité and, and has been true with Green City Force and the ongoing work I'm interested in around, um, around climate cores and extrapolating some of these ideas further um, is that there's, there's a, a societal project that they are part of. So this is important because, you know, it's not just about my project or my initiative, right? Whereas there's something that is a much, much bigger goal that cannot be achieved by any one organization or any one person. And that's that's been very, very intrinsic to, to this work over many years. And what it means is that it's just by definition something that has to be done with lots of people getting involved. That's individual people, you know, young people stepping up and being part of this platform for leadership and action and change. But also many, many kinds of partners have to be involved if you're going to develop meaningful civic service programs, but also bigger infrastructure for that. And so this as a guiding light, you know, that is always there, this, this you know, North Star or whatever you want to call it, um, really is what shifts the attitudes, I think, that, um, that I've had as even, you know, over many years and many iterations. It means that I'm not, I'm not just trying to get somebody to do the thing I want to do. I actually have to listen and I have to try to understand what is the value that what I'm offering, what I have to offer, might have for any given organization or institution. And then I have to listen, but also take that in and try to adapt where I'm coming from. So for example, with Green City Force, uh, my co-founders and I, and perhaps that's another very basic thing is I've always done everything co. I've always co-founded and uh, collaborated even just from the, the very beginning in, in developing and designing um, organizations and approaches. Uh, there's a lot of adaptation. I think that means that you're already involved in when you do that. Uh, but with Green City Force, we started out with an idea that we would do a hyper-local uh, program that would be literally, you know, in one part of New York, and we would recruit young people from that part of, of New York, and we would design environmental projects that they would serve on and train on, and that we'd also have the employers be in that hyper-local part of New York. Well, it turned out that that was too much burden. That that constraint of doing this like hyper-hyper-local idea, which seemed like such a great idea on paper, we would do it block by block throughout you know, all of New York. That constraint was not in the best interest of the young people. You know, what was the best interest was actually thinking about how to broaden 
to have greater opportunities since the goal of Green City Force is to leverage the service experience to be able to have the young person who participates go on and, and have skills and, and expand their opportunities much too small to try to have this be, you know, so hyper-local. And also in terms of mobility, you know, not necessarily what the young people turns out, of course, we're looking for, but we didn't know that getting started. So, you know, that uh, led us then to seek out the partner who became, as you know so well, our, our foundational partner really for the whole rest of the organization, which has been this great, uh, great kind of coming together of Green City Force as a nonprofit with the housing authority, the New York City Housing Authority in, in New York, which is a massive, massive, uh, you know, institution. And that is an unlikely partnership that maybe, maybe rationally it makes sense, but the way we've been able to work together grew very organically from the things we learned starting out and then doing a lot of listening and adapting. So I think, I hope that's an example that just sort of shows if we keep the North Star, well, what are we trying to achieve in mind always? And then uh, keep following that, then then it, it necessarily it leads you to collaborate with, with others, but also to do so in the way that hopefully has the, the most solid uh, meaning for them and for, you know, for you as an entrepreneur. I, I think what, what you're saying is like, it's not about like a transactive, you know, uh, connection or collaboration, but it's really about like building meaningful relationship. Right. And to get there, you're, you know, able to listen, but listen, you know, kind of a, again, actively and, and change and adjust your own understanding and actions based on that. So it's true. And I think coming back also, always, always, always just to bring the North Star sort of down to to ground, um, sort of relentlessly putting, in our case, the young people at the center of everything just makes it all so much easier in a way because, you know, we are just all here for a purpose and it's to expand opportunities for young people who live in public housing through service. And, you know, just that relentless return to, okay, but why are we here? This is what we're here for and what brings us together. And that then un unlocks all sorts of different kinds of conversations and potential because it's that clarity of focus and rootedness in, in that, that that makes it generative, I think. For me, what I'm, I'm also hearing across these different examples, and I, I think that would be my, my last question, is, you know, you've done all this work and you keep, um, as I said before, going back from, you know, the grassroots to the idea and the idea to the kind of a iteration and you talked about this this idea of you know building labs to test you know policy making and so um and currently you you work you know um in a design uh environment uh at mit and so how do you you know how do you reflect on this kind of going from doing the work to actually you know having this new role uh which is more about like um intentionally designing, you know, uh, things. So how can you learn from this program and then create bigger change? So I mentioned how uh, Unicite was very explicitly around giving rise to a, a policy, but the way that Marie and team and, you know, over the years that the coalitions have have done that is to look at what are what's the embryonic kind of, what are those elements of, of the organization's approach to civic service 
that can then be played out, you know, in policy. And with Green City Force and now shifting into exploring, honestly, I'm just at the beginning of exploring, like, is it, is it possible to expand uh, these ideas through having a foot in academia? I, the jury's out, we'll see, I'm just starting. But, um, you know, you've given an inspiring example, Enla. So following your way here, um, so what I'm trying to do now is to look at Green City Force as this small-scale uh, mini world of how you can um, have a program that has all of the elements that we would want to see in a much larger program, you know, in our case around, around the United States, but also the elements that could apply to really doing this, we believe, in any city in the world. And, you know, those elements are pretty simple. It's service, training, sustainability, and justice. But being able to look at these components and then intentionally design the different components that need to exist programmatically for the young people to have a meaningful experience, both in what they're, they're uh, you know, how you recruit them, um, who is recruiting them, how you're bringing them in, how it's absolutely focused on local leadership. So this is the critical part with Green City Forces, this platform for young people to be able to, um, you know, be leaders in their own communities, or in our case, across the city of New York in public housing communities. That local leadership element is it, it then is something that leads to all other sorts of intentionality around design that, that needs to happen. But there's this young person component on the one hand, and then on the other hand, the projects and the community-based uh, activities that need to happen, and there's a whole set then of intentional design elements that need to happen around that. But within that, there's a lot of flexibility that can, that can take place, and so, Right now, looking at you know this whole world of design that's exploding, which once again you've been on, on way ahead of the curve, working in. But how can we then translate some of these things that that we we maybe think about a little too narrowly in terms of programs and brands of this organization, that organization? Stepping back and thinking more about what does it mean to have design approaches that could be adopted more broadly in in different places around the, the country in America. But again, it's a question. Can these be adapted to other cultures, to other cities? Because there's tremendous urgency around climate change, and there's also tremendous urgency around young people who are unemployed and who need to find a way to break in and get get going with their lives and, and build this, you know, this future that we all need that's a just and sustainable future. For me, what is is super interesting is this idea of um, you know designing uh, intentionally and carefully, but also realizing that design is never finished uh, until you you start implementing it and then you start iterating again. And I think that's what you've been doing, you know, uh, uh, all your life. So it, it's interesting that you're ending, you know, in a in a design group uh, while you've been, you know, just doing it. Uh, uh, 
It's a bit like uh, Monsieur Jourdain doing uh, prose without knowing he was uh, doing prose. Um, thank you so much for you know joining me today on this podcast, but also for being here with us at Nova SB for, for this week. Uh, it's been so inspiring and uh, I'm looking forward to many more conversations uh, offline. Thank you so much. I'm learning so much and it's incredibly exciting to be here. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Roundtable podcast produced by the Social Innova Hub, the Syslab, at Nova SBE, in partnership with the Design Lab at NYU Makerspace. If you think this episode may be of interest for someone in your community, share it and don't forget to tag us. Our Twitter handles are Social Innova Hub and NYU Makerspace. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.